Today's scripture is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. Isaiah is prophesying about the birth of, of the Messiah and that he will come from the lineage of Jesse, who was the father of David, and also a little about the end times. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand in the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This past week, I was driving on Highway 4, coming back from a clergy retreat. I have to tell you that I do not like driving on that curvy road at night. I was pulling through and putting alone through the dark stretch of one of the places where there's no lights. I knew it was only a matter of time before I saw a deer at night crossing that road. When that doe ran out across the road, I almost hit her. I put on my brakes, but I couldn't slam them because I had a big old truck behind me. I barely missed her. When suddenly, a huge buck appeared on the side of the road and rammed into the side of my car. I must admit that I was more astonished by the size of his rack than I was that he rammed into my car. <laughs> you know, the glimpse of him showed that he had to be at least an eight point, probably a 12, because it was huge. And all I could think about was, whew, he is wall worthy. He needs to be on somebody's wall. Well, I pulled over to assess the damage to my car, and I have to tell you, it will need repairs. And it was at that point that I realized that if he had hit my car just a little bit higher, he'd have come through the window and possibly hit my daughter or the grandbaby. So I said a prayer. And then I did what any warm-blooded Cajun would do. I drove back to see if he was still there. <laughs> we drove back to see if he was on the side of the road, and it wasn't until one of my friends asked me, now, Alice, what would you have done if he was still there? 
I said, well, I'd have called Mike. Come on, we're going to ice down a deer in the bathroom because I'm from Cajun country and you don't waste any meat. And we were going to have it. I have to tell you, (laughs) I looked at that creature as God's creature and I wanted it to live. And I will have to say that when I went back and it was gone, I was thankful that it lived and it probably had more damage to my car than it actually did to its horns. But a part of me could only think about how much back strap and, and dear Chili we could have gotten if he would have still been there. So often I find myself viewing the world through my lenses of experiences. You see, I can see that deer for the beautiful creature that was created by our God. But the Cajun in me views deer as food. Can't help myself. And this year, as we enter into this new Advent season, I'm viewing it through a totally new set of lenses. This is my first Advent season with a grandchild. Will I let her presence distract me from living fully into the season? Or will I let the experience of being her grandmother add to it? As we enter the second week of Advent, I want you to take the time to think about what are you focused on. You see, Advent is a time for us to prepare our hearts and minds for the culmination of all things in Christ. A time to root ourselves in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. A time to focus on his reign and what it means for us and all of creation. In our passage today, Isaiah shares his divine revelation of this truth that speaks to us on a spiritual level, but is addressed through our experiences. Isaiah is sharing his vision about the Messiah who will come out of the stump of Jesse. Verses 1 through 5 are words of hope for the early church from something that looks cut off and dead. A ruler will arise who will rebuild from the ground up. This Messiah will regenerate the root system of the people, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Isaiah's description of this new leader suggests the words of Proverbs 8, verses 12 through 15, which say, I, wisdom, live with prudence, and I attain knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. I have good advice and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. You see, Isaiah's picture of the care of a true king contrasts with the picture of the corrupt judges and kings of his time. He would not be like the other earthly kings. The Messiah's mark of leadership will stand as a signal of his kingdom. 
Matthew eleven five affirms this truth when you read and it says, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with the skin disease are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. The Messiah's righteousness will be the foundation for judgment. A judgment that is not founded on what we say or do, but on what is in our hearts. The Messiah's saying will pierce the conscience and penetrate the soul. His righteousness and faithfulness will cleave to him like a belt standing as a signal of the nature of his kingdom. When he comes again, he will deliver everlasting life or destruction. When I read verses 6 through 8, I am reminded that our Lord is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah's words remind the people of Genesis chapter 1, verses 29 through 30, which say, God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, Everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. His words take the people back to their scriptural roots. Back to the beginning when all of creation shared in the blessings of redemption and the covenant of peace. Verse 8 contrast the Messiah's reign with the forms identified as evil when Isaiah references Proverbs 23, 32, which says, at the last it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. And Psalm 143, 143, they make their tongue sharp as a snake's and under their lips is the venom of vipers. Isaiah's divine revelation tells of Christ's reign where creatures do not prey upon each other. A peaceable kingdom where there is harmony between all orders of creation. A new Eden-like community. John Wesley carried this same vision in his sermons. A vision of God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 9 speaks of the spread of the gospel, a truth of peace and harmony and of a new creation, a vision of a place with people seeking to know our Lord, people yearning to be Christ-like in their hearts and minds. You see, John Wesley often contrasted this vision with the world he saw around him and the experiences that took place. On that 
day. The day the word of the Father, the eternal God, the one substance with the Father, took man's nature in the womb of the Blessed Virgin. The day when our God came to dwell among us, embodied in flesh, fully human and fully divine. Eternal Savior and Mediator who intercedes for each of us. On that day, the day when Jesus will return again, and by him all people will be judged. The day when, as stated in John 3.15, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. You see, we are gathered here today symbolizing the nations that will seek Jesus. We are gathered here today as a signal of Jesus' dwelling in our hearts and in our yearning for his kingdom to be here on earth as it is in heaven. See, Jesus dwells in each of us as we yearn to be the church, living out our mission given to us in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, which says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Advent is a season of anticipation as we prepare our hearts and minds to be ready not so much for the birth of a baby born long ago, but for what it means to dwell here and now in this world as the one, the baby who was born that night, continues to make all things new. We are in a season of grace-filled renewal. And by the one true king, Isaiah is speaking about, today we lit the candle of hope and peace. As the church representing the body of Christ for others with Jesus as our head, do we stand as a signal of both? As a church, our hope is found in Jesus, and our mission and ministry is to be rooted in this hope. As a church, we are to be the means of H. O-P-E. H, meaning hospitality. Are we the reason someone feels welcomed, seen, heard, loved, and supported? O for offering Jesus. Do we keep our focus on Jesus? 
Do we offer our gifts and services as a path that leads others to Jesus? P is for purpose. As a church, are we focused on the Great Commission? Do we seek, welcome, and gather people in the name of Jesus Christ to be the body of Christ? And are we pointing people to Jesus? And the E is for engagement. Are we actively engaged in missions and ministry in our church and in our world as servants of Christ to pave the way for the Spirit to transform lives? We gathered here together today, are a means of the peace of Jesus Christ for this world? Are you a vessel of the peace of Jesus Christ in which you say and do? Let today remind you that Advent is a time to prepare your hearts and minds for the coming of our Lord, both as a celebration of his dwelling and as an offering of eternal salvation. Be the people who gather to stand as the signal of where hope can be found. Be the people who share the peace of Christ in a world full of strife. Advent is a time to return and keep your focus on Jesus. As Dallas Willard says, Jesus is the human face of the kingdom of God. He makes it concretely accessible for all of us. Pray this week, meditate for God's grace to give you the spirit of compassion and charity, so you can bless others this time of year and throughout the rest of the year as you point them to Jesus. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we gathered here today, heard the message of your word, heard the message of a pastor guided by the Spirit. May the message and meaning that you need to touch each individual heart and mind be carried through with the Spirit. But may we, as disciples of Jesus Christ, be open to the message. I pray this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.